Why are you in love with artificial intelligence? I think it's just one of those things that just amplifies your productivity. Cybersecurity breaches have become a trillion dollar issue. That is so helpful for anyone that's coding, building, developing. I mean, that's a that's a cheat code in itself. Who says tech can't be human? What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the show. Glad to be back again, talking about something we're obsessed with, AI mm -hmm. and cybersecurity. Let's talk about the future of AI and cybersecurity. Oh, my gosh. The people that aren't leveraging AI today and other folks are going to leverage it, you're going to get left behind. So I think we really need to cover why is AI important to us? How are some of the ways that we're using AI today? And maybe even where do we see it going in the future for cybersecurity? Yes, and get this, uh, the projected market and value of AI and cybersecurity is $46 billion. There's a lot of opportunity and that opportunity exists today for attackers and defenders because of one very important reason. And that is due to the fact that uh, cybersecurity breaches have become a trillion dollar issue for our world. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, when you think about it, it used to be very targeted, right? There could be some automation when you're trying to affect a lot of organizations if you're an attacker. But now with AI, with automation, you could really hit a lot of places really, really quickly. And not only that, you're now lowering the barrier of entry to be an attacker. You can have ChatGPT help you code stuff up. You could have code pilot help you with coding. Really, it makes it easy for folks to build tools, have access to tools, and create exploits. And not only that, you can use it to help find vulnerabilities. So I'm saying that attackers are going to use AI. We have to use AI to combat those attackers. So why is it that we got so burnt out on the AI buzzword? For years and years, practitioners and professionals would start to scoff at the fact that vendors would mention AI, machine learning. But now that tune is starting to change a bit. And I think it's due to the fact that hackers are using AI way more than defenders. I think today there's still a little bit of friction between cybersecurity practitioners and AI. I, I think in some ways they're just kind of getting tired of hearing about ChatGPT. They're tired of hearing all the all the stuff that people are popularizing. But I mean, it, I think it's really important. Just like everyone got tired of NFTs and blockchain, or oh, I don't want to hear about it anymore. I think something similar is happening happening with AI, but I think it's much more impactful. Why are you in love with artificial intelligence? I'm in love with artificial intelligence because it enables me to do things much quicker. I'm a big, big picture idea guy. And when it comes to building things out, it takes me a longer time to get the details put into place. But then I can have a big idea, put it into something like a chat GBT, Bard, whatever you want to call it. And it'll help me expound, expand out what are the details? What are the steps? Uh, what is the strategy for something specific? So I, I think it's just one of those things that just amplifies your productivity. And then the other way around as well, you know, I think we're going to talk about this a little bit is being able to distill information as well. You could take 
a longer article. You could take a study and boil it down into a, a way that is easily digestible for you to kind of remember. Uh, you could add story to it. You could create analogies. But I mean, there's so much that you could do with the information, with the, the verbiage. And then that's not even getting to any of the video and the imagery stuff as well. I love AI because I love automation. I feel like they go hand in hand. Mm -hmm. AI makes prediction of some type of information a little easier. And you could look at it from, Mm -hmm. like you were saying, of being a designer. If you're a designer and you want to design using uh, AI or you want to design faster, then AI can give you a prediction of what your art can look like. You can say, all right, I want to draw this picture of Chris Cochran. I want to draw him in front of that Netflix sign all those years ago. AI could generate a sample for you. And it's the same for cybersecurity. AI in cybersecurity can build you cybersecurity solutions. AI can Mm -hmm. also tell you how to do certain things in cybersecurity, assuming that it's been trained on that cybersecurity related information. But in today's age, it's all trained, it's all available, and the time is now. So for those of you that don't know, uh, recently there was a vulnerability that was disclosed called Move It actively uh, being exploited out in the wild. Uh, My team over at Huntress has been really doing a lot of the research, finding some additional things as well. Uh, So for example, let's say you're just first learning about Move It, right? ChatGPT has access to the internet. So let's go to ChatGPT4 and hit search with Bing. And then all you need to do is say move it vulnerability and then the CVE number, and then you'll be able to see exactly what you can get from ChatGPT. So let's start with what is move it transfer vulnerability and then the CVE number. So ChatGPT right now, since it's connected to the internet, it's looking for links. It does a search through Bing. Uh, It clicks links, sees what information it can find. If there's no information that it finds relevant, it'll go to another page and another page until it finds something that it can use to provide you an answer. So, yeah, as you can see, it says the vulnerability uh, is an SQL injection flaw found in the Move It Transfer web application. This issue could allow an unauthenticated attacker to gain access to the Move It Transfer database. And depending on the database engine in use, an attacker might be able to use it to infer information about the structure of the content of the database. And I wonder if ChatGPT or um, at least AI, large language models as a whole, can start to give us information about really the vulnerability. Why does the vulnerability exist? What makes uh, that piece of code or this uh, feature in the application vulnerable? So I'm going to go ahead and type in my question. All right. So I just typed in describe why the SQL vulnerability exists and move it. And ChatGPT gave us a general explanation that I think is really Mm. great, not only for understanding why it may exist in this move it application, but why SQL vulnerabilities happen in the first place. I think getting this information, Mm -hmm. you would typically have to go read a book, go take a course. But what it's saying is with SQL injection, if you're not sanitizing input, then that's where issues and vulnerabilities come into play. In essence, what it's saying is you can use that input field to run commands. And those commands can give you information, allow you to take action so that input validation and that sanitization is what would prevent someone from doing that extra stuff. The thing that's difficult about it is that 
there's a lot of technology. There's a lot of code that goes into creating an application like Move It. And so there might be things that are missed at the outset. Maybe there was one specific thing about sanitization that was missed potentially. But then also uh, things change, right? Whenever you have an update, things change. That code changes. And the, the updates could fix things, but also could introduce more vulnerabilities. I mean, there's no way to really speculate as to how all of this happened uh, in, in terms of progress and move it. But I would say that when it comes to overall SQL injection, the way to combat that is that sanitization and validation process. I think there's two ways that we can move forward from here. This gave us all of the context that we needed about Move It. It lets us know that there's some SQL injection. We can look at it from an attacker's perspective or a defender's perspective. And ChatGPT will give you some high-level overview mm -hmm. on how attacks work, but it does have its own sanitization built in to where it will try to sanitize output that it gives you so it's not giving you exploitation code. So what I think we should right. do next is type in uh, a prompt here and ask ChatGPT, how can we defend against SQL injection? Let's do it. So I'm typing in, if I were a Move It engineer, how would I defend against SQL injection and potentially remediate this vulnerability? So look, it spit out a bunch of different examples, and I'm sure these examples are high-level SQL injection uh, mitigations, having prepared statements or parameterized queries, right? This is keeping things in a, a bucket, right? This is making things plain text, not necessarily an SQL command. Store procedures, this is also like a guardrail, like keeping folks in alignment with what they need to do, right? Uh, there's uh, stored statements in the database and it's being called by the application. Uh, escaping user input. If you can't use prepared statements or stored procedures, you might need to escape special characters input before including them in the SQL queries. However, this can be uh, prone to errors and should be considered as a last resort. Of course, we want to practice things like least privilege, right? You don't want to give everyone access to the entire table. So what is the most important things that we want our users to be able to do? Input validation. We covered this pretty much ad nauseum over the last five minutes or so, making sure that the input is something that we expect the application to receive. And then, of course, just regular updates and patching, whether we are uh, running the application or we are building the application, just keeping things up to date and continuously verifying that we are as secure as possible for the users. Powerful. This is really best practices, especially starting at number one, using prepared statements, because that kind of like gets the best of all worlds. But one thing that I didn't really consider for just going through this mentally is least privilege. If you have your uh, the, the login portion of your website that's processing user logins, you might not, mm -hmm. you might wanna create an additional SQL user to just do that action and not give that SQL mm -hmm. user access to all of the other tables because it's really just serving one function to uh, allow the user to log in to verify they are who's, who they say they are. Yeah, and I mean, just going through this chain, right? Now we know about the vulnerability. We know what the vulnerability is using, right? It's SQL injection. And now we know that what are some of the ways in which someone can defend against this, whether you're developing, whether you're developing your own application, you're concerned, hey, what are some steps that I need to take for my own code to ensure a vulnerability like this might not happen? We have some news to share with you, a member of the Hacker Valley Media family. 
As of 2023, we became a full-time independent cybersecurity media company, and we're committed to bringing you the most powerful, thought-provoking stories in the field of cybersecurity. And we learn we can't do it alone. We'd love to invite you to our exclusive Patreon community, where we host a monthly mastermind where you can meet like-minded individuals in the field of cybersecurity that are trying to be more creative and be the best version of themselves that they can be. We would love if you took a second and visited patreon.com forward slash Hacker Valley Studio, and we'll see you in the mastermind. You know, we're talking about the future of AI here in this episode. It would only be right to talk about other use cases that fit right on top of this. Another one is taking this level of knowledge and information and converting it into code and building a solution that will prevent, move it, or your application from being compromised through SQL injection. So we're going to start here at ChatGPT, and then we're going to introduce another tool called GitHub Copilot. If you haven't heard of it, you haven't used it, highly recommend checking it out. And of course, we're cybersecurity practitioners. You might want to read the security policy to understand what is the information that you can safely provide into any of these AI tools. So let's have it write some Python code for each mitigation technique above. We're going to take this code and then put it into Visual Studio Code and look at GitHub Copilot. This is really, really, really good. Um, it gave us Python examples for really everything. It showed us how to do a prepared statement. It showed us how to do the stored procedures. And uh, what I loved about this response from ChatGPT is at the very end with the regular updates and patching, it said, hey, maybe you can't do this in Python code, but maybe you can with doing a pip install and doing an upgrade on your existing Python libraries. How special would it be to take the first example, prepared statements or parameterized queries, take that code and put it into VS Code, our, our, our code editor, and have it give us line by line new things that it thinks that we should do in addition to creating a prepared statement. So let's go ahead and try that out. We'll copy this Python code and jump into VS Code. With GitHub Copilot, it is a great solution because it kind of works like ChatGPT. On one hand, it will analyze the code that's within your editor. And on the other hand, you can open up a chat-like window and ask it to do other things with your code, from writing you more code to even explaining what code is selected in your editor. So let's go ahead and just paste this in here. And now we have the code from ChatGPT. If we're gonna hit enter and go to a new line, GitHub Copilot will start to give us recommendations on the code itself, what we should put into the editor. It's giving us comments to leave in our code so the code just easier to read, but it's also giving us uh, the code itself line by line based off of the previous code. So if you were doing something that is done over and over again that you find on Stack Overflow, Copilot can really take that and give you the rest of the code that you might want to type in. So you're not doing it by hand. That's crazy. That is so helpful for anyone that's coding, building, developing. I mean, that's a that's a cheat code in itself. Yeah. So let's go ahead and like cheat up the code even more. So if we select all this code and then we open up our chat window. So I can select the entire code block and 
open up Copilot X, which is chat GPT and GitHub Copilot. And I can say, I believe this code has a vulnerability in it. Help me understand if it's vulnerable and how to remediate. So when Copilot responded, it said, yes, this code is vulnerable to SQL injection attacks. Even though ChatGPT just gave us this block of code, Copilot found the second piece that ChatGPT said that we were going to need to reduce the vulnerabilities as far as possible. So in our select statement for the SQL query in our Python code, instead of inputting in one long string, it had us escape the string and add in user input. And not only are we providing a parameter here now, but we're also using a prepared statement. So we're doing more mitigation techniques and tactics to reduce the blast radius and also the opportunity for uh, an attacker to compromise uh, this vulnerability that may live within our application. I mean, such a small technique to help make more secure code. I mean, this is career saving, a company saving tactic just to double check your code to make sure that at least the high level attacks you aren't vulnerable to, at least at a simple level. Yeah, it even provides some more context. It says in this example, the user input is passed as a parameter to execute method and a question mark. And, and a question mark is used as a placeholder in the SQL query. The user input is automatically escaped and quoted by the SQL Lite library, preventing SQL inje injection attacks. So at this point, I think we really covered all of our bases. We have the prepared statement, we have the uh, parameterized input, and we also have the escape strings provided directly from the SQL library. So if I was a security leader, maybe I'm a CISO, I know that we need to follow these specific guidelines. My team, my developers, my security practitioners, they can go through one by one and explain it easily and simply to the CISO why these safeguards and mitigations are in place and how they know they're in place. Yeah, I mean, it, it double checks your work for you, double checks your math. I mean, it's, it's huge. Huge. And it helps you write. And it helps you write. You can take someone that's relatively junior, and this is like having someone that's a bit more experienced double check your work. And of course, you're going to get to places where the code doesn't work as intended. But then that's when you have to just kind of tweak, tune, and understand the code across the board. And just doing that tweaking and tuning is going to help you learn code that much better. Oh, yeah. With these few use cases, we're really just scratching the surface and there's so much more to cover. If you're enjoying the topic of AI and cybersecurity, you are in the right place. And we invite you to follow and subscribe the Hacker Valley Studio podcast wherever you're listening and watching. And we'll see you in the next episode.